0: Hello, this is On The Left Side, the Alternative Football Show. I'm Jim, and what a week it's been in football. Roy Hodgson poked his head out of the footballing trenches this week for the first time after the national embarrassment that was the European Championships, and he quickly set about blaming that failure on the players, claiming they didn't understand his tactics. One of the things I've learned in these last two years was overestimating players' understanding of exactly what you want. A very, very important lesson. I'm not that surprised that the players didn't understand the ridiculous substitutions putting Harry Kane on corners or losing to footballing minnows Iceland Roy, because, quite frankly, nor did any of us. I do sort of understand what he means, though. It's a bit like this podcast. If you don't think the jokes are funny, it's because you don't understand them, you thicko. Mm -hmm. Right, let's get going. On this week's show... Slaven Bilic gets ready for a spell at the job centre. Jose Mourinho calls his accountant and possibly the greatest football commentator of all time. But first, FIFA are still being FIFA been a quiet few months for Gianni Infantino. Since his appointment in May, he's not really done a massive amount as the new FIFA boss apart from a much needed crackdown on the horrendous and offensive wearing of poppies in remembrance of those who fought for freedom and liberty, the bastards. So it's great to see him finally making his mark by having a go at completely ballsing up the World Cup. Not satisfied with doing a very passable impression of a boiled egg, he has decided that currently the world's most prestigious tournament that sees the greatest footballing nations on the planet fight it out for the biggest accolade in world sport isn't quite right and would be much better if any old Charlie could come to the party instead. Yep, Gianni's big plan is to include a whopping 48 teams into the competition, meaning the likes of Burkina Faso, Uzbekistan and probably the dog and duck five-a-side team would qualify for the tournament with ease. As with all FIFA decisions, this is about the good of the game and in no way is it about sponsorship and TV deals with smaller world nations or Gianni helping to secure his own personal future in a very lucrative job by offering FIFA voting nations an easy route to the world cup finals and anyone else who's saying different is a damn liar or as they like to say in fifa a damn blatter i am a man of principles speaking of the blatternator he's popped back into the news this week his six-year ban from football has been upheld so he needs something else to keep him busy and that something is mouthing off to the media in an exclusive interview to the BBC. Blatter didn't seem happy at all about getting the boot from his old job and even claimed the new FIFA boss wouldn't return his phone calls.
1: He stopped at my house and we drank a glass of red wine and then some salami. And then I have sent him a letter, I I had his personal number and I sent him emails and so on. Never, never an answer.
0: Never. To me, it sounds like Sepp and Gianni just had a first date and now Blatter is much more into it than Infotano. They had some wine, they had some salami, one thing led to another, and now Blatter is sitting at home watching reruns of Love Actually on DVD, while Gianni is giving him the cold shoulder and not returning any of his calls. Poor old Sepp. We've all been there, mate.
1: you. Nothing important. Just wanted to check you got my other messages. But I left yesterday and the day before. Loved your evil work on the poppy band. Really cool. Good to know that FIFA is in safe hands, yes? If you want to get that drink, then you know where I am, right? Just here. Waiting. Okay. So, I'll go now. Hanging up. Bye. Hello? Sorry. I I thought I heard your voice. No? Hello? Okay. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye.
0: It's not just turkeys that are starting to suspiciously eye the axe at this time of year. It's football managers too, with the likes of Swansea, Crystal Palace and Sunderland all currently deciding if they should stick or twist on their gaffers. Also wondering if he should tighten his belt before the festive period is Slaven Bilic, who's struggled to make his West Ham team find form since their move to the London Stadium. After last week's annihilation by Arsenal, the Croatian boss had crisis talks with the West Ham board, before being handed the dreaded vote of confidence. <laughs> the footballing equivalent of getting into the office and finding security packing your desk cactus and pencil holder into a large cardboard box labelled incineration. Although, I'd quite like to know what exactly the difference is between talks and crisis talks. Do crisis talks take place in a room that's been set on fire whilst a loud air raid siren goes off in the background and Karen Brady runs around naked covered in mud from the old Upton Park pitch while screaming about the club's lack of history? I hope so. Although I also imagine that's pretty much a day-to-day scene at West Ham nowadays. If you ask me, Slavin just needs more time. It's hard not to feel sorry for the man. He's a guy who wears his heart on his sleeve. A football manager who tells it like it is instead of talking in code and intimation. And you can tell that the lack of success is really getting him down. I feel
1: sorry for the fans, for the club. I have to be honest and say that we don't have the intensity. We don't have it enough even in trainings.
0: Have you ever heard a football manager sounding this depressed? It's true, the team look about as interested in playing for their club as I would be in an Eric Bristow social media seminar. And even former Hammer hero Rio Ferdinand hit out at the team's obvious lack of effort. I'd be taking that as a personal insult if I was a player. What he's saying there is that the players are living off last season almost. The Sky Pundit even went as far as offering a return to the East End to help coach the team and install some passion back into the club. An offer which Billich turned down, which is no big surprise. I mean, how can you take anyone seriously who posts an Instagram video of themselves doing bicep curls? 4.30am, if ever there was a time <laughs> to rock out a couple of bicep curls. Now we're talking. While you are asleep, the big man's out. Although, it wasn't at 4.30am, was it, Rio? It was broad daylight, and that's not 4.30am. Even former Manchester United teammate Patrice Evra spotted that one and replied to the video, saying, Come on, bro, I have been eight years there. I know that sunshine doesn't come out at (laughs) 4.30. I love this game. Speaking of Evra, after all this chat of doom and gloom, let's end on a positive to cheer the Hammers fans up a bit. The French fullback is undoubtedly the king of Instagram and always posts great videos. This week's treat was a video of Evra doing his ironing and singing Barry White. Who doesn't want to hear that? I heard sleep on sleep. Eight Monday. Ready? Much. Hey, guys. Fair, West Ham fans don't really have a problem with Mondays. It's Saturdays at 3 pm that they find really depressing. I could probably have said this almost every week for the last three years, but it's not been a great week for Jose Mourinho. It all started last weekend when Marouane Fellaini celebrated his 100th ever appearance for Manchester United by clattering into an Everton player in the area, giving away a penalty and handing them two points that were seemingly in the bag. Manchester United fans were unsurprisingly spitting, and it was possibly unwise for the club to use that moment to post a well-done tweet to the big Belgian midfielder saying congratulations at Fellaini on reaching 100 appearances for hashtag MUFC prompting predictable responses such as United Holick saying don't congratulate him, sell him Oscar 2992 contributing 100 too many and Queen Mother of Football Gary Lineker also saying this is one of Fellaini's best performances for Everton and post-match when a journalist dared to ask Mourinho why he made the substitution Jose came across, well, all Jose. I thought you would know more about football than you do, because the answer is obvious. To be fair, given United's current league position, I thought you knew a lot more about football, mate. And it turns out it's not just football that Jose isn't 100% clued up on. It's also tax returns. The special one has been accused of either having a very special accountant or an inability to add up properly. And given the money you spent on Paul Pogba this summer, the latter clearly isn't out of the question. He denies any wrongdoing and no doubt has blamed his doctor, plumber, cleaner and Arsene Wenger for any financial misdemeanours. But it does seem to be an issue that is rife in football right now. Messi, Ronaldo and Falco have all been investigated recently for what the Sunday Times calls highly aggressive tax avoidance, which I assume is just shouting NO! YOU CAN'T HAVE MY MONEY! IT'S MINE! whenever the tax man comes calling Even right here in Blighty, HMRC are getting suspicious with MPs demanding a crackdown on tracking offshore payments to Premier League stars. In fact, from what I've read, it seems so rife in the sport that some footballers are seemingly looking for ways to minimise their earnings and top of that list currently seems to be getting a bit fighty. This week, we saw Cardiff defender Sol Bamba seemingly starting a fight with everybody in the stadium after getting sent off. And last week, Preston North End and Manchester City both ended up with fines for failing to control their players during on-pitch fracasses. Preston Pair, Jermaine Beckford and Eon Doyle squared up to each other during the team's match against Sheffield Wednesday last week, and they ended up seeing red, as well as getting a dressing down from the boss, Simon Grayson. You expect it in the playground between four or five-year-olds, not from two professionals who've been in the game a long time, and ultimately it's an embarrassment. They also ended up getting a hefty fine from the club, which was then used to reimburse Preston fans who made the trip. Take note, Man City. If the Blues had fined Sergio Aguero and Fernandinho two weeks' wages for each of their handbags during City's loss to Chelsea last week, that would cover... 20,667 away tickets for their fans, or buy each fan three pies at the Etihad for their next home game. Or if they were feeling really generous, they could help Jose Mourinho out with about 0.1% of his income tax bill. Quite often on the left side, we like to celebrate some of the great commentary that comes from around the world, like the elongated gold celebrations from South America. Mainly, that's because UK commentators are so bloody dull. The closest we get to excitement in this country is Gary Neville coming close to orgasm when Torres scored that goal in the Champions League final.
1: It's Torres, huh?
0: But there is a Brit who's doing his bit for exciting commentary. This week, I was reminded of Ray Hudson, Britain's greatest ever commentator, when the internet went mad after the B in Sports pundit opened up his El Clasico commentary with a very special and cheeky little welcome. Welcome to all the fans around the world listening in to us. Especially those people listening to and watching
1: the illegal streams in England, <laughs> Phil. We know they're out
0: there. It was a great line. But it's not unusual for Ray to come out with stuff like that. This man is the master of the analogy. He has a control over the English language that the likes of Andy Townsend could only dream of. I mean, who else would describe a defence under pressure like this? Madrid's defence stretched out like spandex on Miami Beach and Casillas is left naked. What other man can make goals sound like religious enlightenment?
1: A magisterium! the dark invader. Out of the darkness he emerges and lights this up with illuminating
0: football. And where Genev sounds like he's having an orgasm, Hudson talks about orgasms. This is not just a dream, it's a wet dream of orgasmic proportions. So, British commentators, I say this to you, let's have less of this and and a whole load more. Of this. This
1: has got more curves to it than Jessica Rabbit on steroids.
0: Right, that's it for another episode of On the Left Side. Have you checked our Twitter at On the Left Side? Have you subscribed via iTunes for free? Have you listened to all our old episodes at OnTheLeftSide.co.uk? If the answer is no, then you, sir, are a damn fool. Right. I'm off to contact Jose's accountant for some help with my end-of-year accounts, because that's the time. Good day to you, sir. Bye-bye.
1: Hey, on the left side. I was just calling from abrupt audio. I I I wanted to speak to Hunter McKinley. Or even Jim Salverson. Is he there? I I know they both write it.